Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Here we are on Psalm number 98 and these songs through the night. And as we keep on going with me, as always, my friend, uh, my compadre, Stephanie Wesco. Stephanie, how are you this morning? Good morning, Doug. I am rejoicing in the Lord. Well, and that's the way we ended Psalm 97. So that's a good place to be. You're living out what we told people and how we told people they should live. And so that is pretty great. And uh, so, folks, as we go along through Psalm 98, there's this one segment. What is that segment, uh, Stephanie? Oh, Doug, we need to know today um, one of the signs of a knucklehead. So you might be a knucklehead if. Wow, I had something on my mind. It was right on the tip of my tongue. Hang on, hang on. Wow. It, it, oh, it delayed me a little bit. It took me to a weird place. But you might be a knucklehead. Do you remember what I told you? I feel like a fool now. I don't remember it. Wow. Well, well, I think... Um, you might be a knucklehead if you don't remember. Yeah. I can fill in for you because I just had a really good one. Go ahead. Bring it on. This is a sweet knuckleheaded thing, okay. sort of. But you might be a knucklehead if you give your mother a gag gift for her birthday, which consists of three bottles of water taped together in a beautifully wrapped box with a card that says, Happy birthday, Mom. You're almost 40. Well, praise God. Did Joe do that? Uh-huh. Yeah, so she's got a son named Joseph who's the knucklehead of the family. And a good now, I think I think one of the older ones more of a knucklehead all around, but Joe's more of the joking knucklehead. That's a better way of putting it. And everybody every family has them. I only had two kids and all those roles were filled, you know. <laughs> they have a way of doing that. <laughs> but I think that's a beautiful thing. Did you keep the card from Joe? I did. I did. He was so proud of himself. And the, and the clincher was, I open it and I'm standing there laughing and he goes, I'm thirsty. So he grabs one of the bottles of water and proceeded to guzzle it. And he's like, you know, by the way, I got the bottles of water out of the garage. I was like, of course you did. All right. So now, so. I, ha- now I, I have a question for you. Then favorite foods that are right with God. Uh, tell us a food that you think's right with God. Wow. Well, I think a food that I would call right with God is Dairy Queen ice cream cake. Yeah, I think it is too. I think Dairy Queen ice cream cake is of God. I, he alone gave the inspiration to make Dairy Queen ice cream cake. And uh, it's, sec- it's second only to Haagen-Dazs ice cream cake, which you rarely see. You see it in foreign countries. Man, I used to eat that stuff over in Germany. I think it represented two inches on my waist. I do. I mean, I am. You know, it's so cool to wear smaller clothes these days, but I miss some of the foods that made me, you know, the food that made Doug. I miss some of it. But, you know, I'm eating, man. I had uh, egg white sous vides, a big old latte this morning, an apple a few minutes ago. I'm, I'm eating right with God, but, man, I miss sometimes ice cream cakes and stuff. I'm just being up front with you. And, uh, I, I ate a little bit on my birthday, 
and because uh, my dad got me a beautiful ice cream cake. Oh, um, Stephanie's dad I, is a good guy. He really he is. is. Yeah, yeah. He is. But but I will say it made me so sick to my stomach because I haven't been eating stuff like that. That that part of it, I was like, was this really worth it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, if you're walking away with stomach issues from eating something, it, it may not be worth it. Yeah. But kids, my kids, you know, they were more than happy to take care of it. So yeah. Either. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're supposed to be a, you know, a sponge to all things sweet, but uh, mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. so Psalm 98 is a Psalm with a history with it and they all have a history with it, but Psalm 98 actually, you know, the song, Stephanie joy to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that a great song? It is. And uh, yeah. So Isaac Watt was inspired by Psalm 98 to write joy to the world. Um, talking about a messianic kingdom, you know, that, that the Lord has, the Lord is in control and, and praising the Lord for a great victory and, and, uh, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Is, isn't that how it goes? Let, yeah. let earth uh, receive let earth for King. Let every nation, right? I don't let every heart sing the first verse. Go ahead. Go ahead. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Exactly. And what a way to start our psalm, huh? It's right out of there singing joy to the world. And boy, we do need to joy uh, as a world. We need to be joyful for what God has done for us. And you know, the first advent of Christ took care of everything, Stephanie. There was no more weird sacrifices. There was no more. It was done. The greatest sacrifice of ever, the lamb. He alone can save. He alone provides. He alone takes care of us. He alone does everything that we accomplish in our lives and ministry. It's a gift of God. It's his mercy. And, and, uh, thank you for singing that. I, I always enjoy listening to Stephanie sing. We're very careful to do public domain songs now and stuff. And because you people keep listening and we're so thankful for that, but we don't want this thing to go national or something. It's getting more and more weekly. Uh, we don't want it to go national or anything and, and have the wrong songs out there or do anything illegal. The Bible says, do not let your good be spoken evil of. So uh, if you get a chance, uh, listen to Joy to the World. Now, that is that is public domain. We all get to sing that one. But here we are on <laughs> Psalm number 98. And it says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp in the voice of psalm, with trumpets and the sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, the world in they that dwelleth therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together. Before the Lord, for the cometh to the judge of the earth, and the righteousness shall be judged with the world. And the people 
with equity. I mean, whoa, there's a lot going on in this psalm here. And, and you know, those first three verses, Stephanie, I think talk to salvation. I think talk to this idea of getting saved and getting right. I, I mean, what are you thinking? Wow. Well, I think it's, again, that the whole concept of music and the power of it is represented here. Um, and I think that the way it talks about him doing marvelous things and the, the, the power that he holds that it, that's gotten him the victory. I don't know. I think it's a powerful analogy when it talks about his holy arm. In other words, a just perfect arm. And obviously that's representing his strength. And, you know, in other Psalms, David asked the Lord to break the arm of the wicked. And so I think there's the concept there of just his strength and his majesty, and it gets him the victory. Um, It is, there's a powerful thing there when we, when we think about what salvation represents to us. Um, And that, this was written obviously before the Lord Jesus came and died on the cross. But the fact that the Lord did at, at Calvary openly showed his salvation, his strength, his power in his death and conquering sin on the cross and then raising from the dead when he conquered death, when he showed that he is stronger than death itself. And um, it's a beautiful I mean, obviously, that's where our salvation comes from. That's um, that's our hope. Yeah. And so I, I love that. That's a beautiful picture of how he has shown his righteousness in the sight of all the heathen. He, he shed his blood for the sins of the whole world. And I think there's the, also a representation there in the fact that we're to be showing his righteousness openly. Yeah. So that he, people would see him, his salvation, his glory, through our lives and our testimony, uh, yeah, and it's it is a new song, and you know, people, uh, folks, if you're if you have a hurting heart, if if you're dealing with this PTSD, whatever the case may be, everything starts getting better at salvation. You know, so if you're not saved, I mean, that's a place we gotta go right away. I mean, you gotta get your salvation right. You gotta accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and and I want to even take that a step farther, Stephanie, further and say. You know what? If you're if you think you're saved, you need to get it right and be sure you're saved, uh, because that's that's a victory that starts every other victory in our life. Uh, you know, if we get this spiritual thing right with God, man, everything else goes good. But as long as as long as we're messed, you know, I don't like people who are messed up. Don't be messed up. I don't like mean people. I don't like people like that. You know and. And, uh, man, when your heart gets right, I remember I knew this lady. She went to church with Debbie and I years ago. And uh, as she went to church with us, she was the most miserable uh, and, in a way, ugly person I had ever met in my life, ugliest. And she got saved. It wasn't even the same person. And, uh, I mean, she was as pretty as the 4th of July in South Carolina on Main Street, flowers growing everywhere, and her attitude changed, her life changed. She, she exuded God. So I think it starts with salvation. I think everything starts with that enlistment of God. And if you're not sure you have that, you need to get that right. And then I think we go on. So those first few verses, again, they're talking about that salvation. And uh, it's talking about that our froward heart shall in verse number four, starting in four now, our froward heart going through six, 
Uh, yeah, I'm in the wrong psalm. Don't you hate that when that goes on? Uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. And I'm not going there, Stephanie. Don't worry about it. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm. With trumpets and the sound of a cornet, cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. So we can be loud. We can make a joyful noise. Joyful noise doesn't mean you got to sing like, uh, uh, you know, like Josh Grogan or Groban or whatever his name is there. Yeah. 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 I'm going to sing just fine when I get to heaven. I just want to point that out. But here we are talking about a joyous celebration. You know, somewhere along the way, we've lost our joy when we celebrate God. Somewhere along the way, we're losing our joy in church services. Somewhere along the way, uh, we're missing out on great joy when we worship God. Yeah. Now, it always makes me sad when I'm in a church service and I look around and people look like, great. This is the most boring part of the day for me. Um, yeah, they look like their wife left them or something or their yeah. husband or their, and some people get that real bad look like they're going to the bathroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. When we're singing a song in church, like victory in Jesus and my boys all yell out, praise God. Yeah. Um, that makes me happy. You know, there's nothing, yeah. it is a biblical thing to get excited when you're singing. It is a biblical thing to, um, it's a, you know, even a biblical thing to raise your hands. If God leads you to do that, um, th- this is something we're, we're talking excitement here. Um, a loud noise. In other words, you're not whispering the songs. You're not um, singing them, mumbling them under your breath. This is a praising God. And like I said before, there is, I, I firmly believe as I read through the Psalms, and even I think again to the story of Paul and Silas, um, singing there in prison and how the Lord responded to that praise. I think there is a power in, in music that honors and glorifies and praises God. Yeah, there is. And, um, that's, I think what these Psalms represent. And I love how it says, um, let the sea roar and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein, let the floods clap their hands, let the hills be joyful together. I know there's some personalization going on here um, in in the way that life is brought to the sea and to the hills, but it, it's not our place to say that God hears praise from the water that we don't hear with our human ear. That Who's to say that God hears um, things that we don't hear from creation that's praising to him? He created creation to praise him, to bring glory to him. And how much more should we as human beings who were created in his image, um, nothing else in all of creation was created in God's likeness. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Genesis one, Genesis two, we were created in the likeness of God. He gave us emotion. He gave us um, so many things that he did not give gave us a spirit, um, things that he did not give to, to the animals, to the plants. We're created in the image of Christ in, in God's image. And then obviously at salvation, um, where God's goal is to, to create in us the image of Christ that we reflect him. And how much more should we then 
sing with a loud voice? How much more than should we be spending our time rejoicing in God? You know, I don't see anything in these Psalms that we've covered throughout this week. I see nothing that leaves you room to be praising yourself. I see nothing that leaves you room to make yourself and um, your image of yourself to others. There's n- the selflessness is what's reflected or sh- what should be reflected in our lives as we come through these Psalms where our life is completely about praising the Lord Jesus, no matter where we are, or what we're doing. Amen. That's where it's at folks. If we get anything today, our life should be about praising God and Remember, these people have just come out of being imprisoned, being held, being in captivity. And where do we come through when we're stuck in sin and people hurt us and our lives are upside down and we're not saved? We're coming out of captivity. We forget that sometimes. We were in captivity. Look at us now. We're saved. We're worshiping. We're loving God. This is, this is pretty cool. And uh, then these last few verses here, starting in 7, Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth with his righteousness. Shall he judge the world and the people with equity? And that's a messianic message there. And verse number 9, messianic, going to our Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's going to judge the world, just like over in Acts 17, I think 30 or 31. through. No, it's a little bit later than that, but it's in Acts 17, the end of Acts 17, where it says that man shall come and judge the earth. They're talking about Christ and talking about this psalm. It's coming. It's coming, and he's going to judge us. And uh, so, Stephanie, I think we get here, uh, we understand that we should be worshiping God. We're out of captivity now. We're saved. We have all the tools. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. And if we're not, we need to be. And so let's say 99.999% of the people listening to us right now are saved. But, there, you know, there's another step. You don't stop at being saved. God will save you right where you are. But, brethren, he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to go through the sanctification process. He chastens us to help us be discipled, and those trials help us grow and things of that nature. And chastening is a trial right from God for us. And so I just think that as we wrap up and we give Stephanie a couple minutes to wrap this up for us, that we need to remember there's some cool things that we get when we got God. And the marvelous salvation here in verses 1 through 3, a joyous celebration in 4 through 6, and we have a glorious expectation. The Lord's coming. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So take a minute. Or, why don't you do this, Stephanie? Why don't you take a minute and wrap that, but at the same time finish with the last verse of joy to the world, another verse of joy to the world, and we'll call it a day. Wow. Okay. Let me see if I can remember the last verse. Um. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Wow. That's great. So listen to what uh, listen to what God has for you in your hearts today. Would you do me a favor? I hate to give you guys homework assignments. I usually don't mean to do this, but write down these three things: a marvelous salvation, one through three; a joyous celebration, four through six; 
a glorious expectation, seven through nine, an old sermon I preached out of this, and put notes next to it and say, do I have that marvelous salvation? Am I saved? And if the answer is yes, it's not marvelous, get that right. Am I having a joyous celebration living life here on earth? Don't be a prude. Don't be that knucklehead that brings everybody down. And do I have a glorious, a glorious expectation? I mean, this is glorious what God has coming to us. Well, we sure do love you folks. Make sure you find us out there and help the wounded spirits. Uh, make sure you're part of that. We want to help you out. We want to be your friends. Uh, and uh, any notes you send us, one of us will get it. And we'll try our best to get back to you. Have someone else get back to you. But from all of us here, have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.